0: You're listening to the Great Since '68 Podcast, the dedicated Birmingham City Women's audio show, bringing you the latest news and interviews from the club. Enjoy the show. Welcome to episode fifty-four of the Great Since '68 Podcast, the dedicated weekly women's football podcast about all things Birmingham City. I'm joined this week by the usual crew, Chris and Kaz. First of all, Chris, how have you been?
1: Uh, good, thank you, Craig. Yeah, not too bad. Did you enjoy your stag
0: do's? I did. I, I, I survived them both, luckily. So I'm back to do this week's show. And Kaz, how have you been?
1: Congratulations.
2: How are you?
0: Good, thank you. Congratulations on what, Chris? Surviving? I don't know.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I, I, was, I was waiting for you to finish. And then, um, and then it skipped ahead.
2: I don't know what happened there. But...
0: I think you spoke of a Kaz, but you, you're all right, Kaz, aren't you?
2: Yeah, I'm fine.
0: Good to know. We begin this week's show then by looking back at last Wednesday's game against Brighton and Hove Albion. The Blues suffered a 2-1 defeat to Hope Powell's side, thanks to a late header from former Birmingham City striker Ellie Brazil. Ellen White had given Birmingham the lead, but her opener was cancelled out by Welsh international Kaylee Green. Brazil then rose highest to beat Hannah Hampton and claim Brighton, just their third league win of the season, and condemned the Blues to their fifth defeat. Kaz, you were at this one. From your point of view, what went wrong?
2: Honest truth, mate, everything. There was no service going up front to the Ellen or even Charlie. Uh, there was players that were just running around like headless chickens. The defence seemed to be all over the place. The only positive I can say out of it, that Sarah Millen was the only player on the pitch that should have been a fair player of the uh, game.
0: Yeah, it seems like... In terms of players that Marta's uh, took a f- likening to since she's come into the club, obviously Sarah Mayling's got more chances under her. Do you think it, it's it's she's kind of like brought Sarah in, but it's kind of unsettled the, the back four that's been quite consistent this season? Do you think that's part of the problem, even though it's not fair to blame Sarah for that? It's just that she's come into the team and now it's uh, the system's not as steady as it was? Is that fair to say? No. Nope.
2: No, I, I disagree with that one. I seem to think it's the formation she's trying to play, like the attack, and where normally we've seen all season, we play out from the back and then build it up. And we were losing it in midfield, which you never known, like Hayley Ladd was giving the ball away constantly. And we all know Chris is one of like Hayley's biggest fans. But I've never known Hayley to give the ball so, away so much. The defence was like... Arguing with each other, whose fault it was for the goal. It's it's like we've stepped back this season. We we were all expecting like a great season, especially under Mark. And I think we all got our hopes up over beating Chelsea three two. And I don't know what's gone wrong, but it doesn't look like a good camp at the minute, mate.
0: No, they've obviously got a good month or so now to correct all these issues that are going on on the field, at least. Um, friend of the show and our resident fan photographer, Laura Burton, shared on Twitter that she thinks it was a well-taken goal from Ellen. Kaz, take us through her goal, if you don't mind.
2: All I can remember, and it's the only decent thing that I thought Stanley Forth did the whole game, was that pass. It was, all I'm going to say, it was a David Beckham pass. Just dinked over and Ellen took it in a stride like we know she does.
0: Yeah, it was it was a good good pass by uh, Lucy Forth, as you said. I think it was Paige Williams who intercepted the ball on halfway, who played it into Stan, and then she dinks it through to Ellen, who finishes as we know Ellen can. Unfortunately, then Kaylee Green equalised just three minutes later. Fliss Gibbons' whipped cross was headed into the net. From the replays, Kaz, you've kind of mentioned it. It appeared to be a mix-up at the back. Both Keris and Marissa clearly pointed at Green as a threat, but no one seemed to pick her up. And as a result, she steals a yard on page and finds the net. Do you think that's just the new new instructions, do you think, from the managers that's confused them a bit? Or do you think that's just a bit of a sloppy play, really?
2: Both goals were defensive. Like, we've backed ourselves over the last couple of years of being solid at the back. And we've seen at Red, and the defence didn't look great. And Brighton, I don't know what was going on, but the defence was absolutely shocking.
0: Momentum seemed to be with the home side. Former Blues youth prospect Ine Umatong then struck the bar. She also had another effort struck off for offside. Charlie Wellings then had a couple of shots in the second half, but neither really tested the keeper. Then the winner came from a corner. Brazil is in between the keeper, uh, Hampton, and Lucy Stan, who's on the front post. She gives her a slight nudge to get a bit of space from Lucy and then heads it in. Again, Kaz, it was, was that a clever play from Ellie Brazil, or do you think that's just a lapse in concentration from the defence?
2: Uh, I would say a bit of both. Uh, the defence just shut off from the corner, and Ellie does what she does best and scores. So it it was a funny old one because uh, obviously you always want an ex Blues player to do well, but not against you, if you know what I mean.
0: Yeah, it's always bad when someone comes back to haunt you. Two-one was the final score. It leaves Blues where they were in the table in fourth. Realistically, Arsenal will win one of their two games in hand and will return to the top soon enough. That would leave Man City in second place on 38 points. We are currently on 28 points with a game in hand. Say we win that, that's seven points off Man City in second. I just can't see City dropping that in the last four games of the season. What do you think, Chris? Is European football out the window now?
1: I would say so um you know you just mentioned um you, you know, you're asking a lot man city to drop a lot of points um you're also asking us to win every single game which you know includes um at arsenal at home at the end of march and and arsenal have got a number of players who are back in full time training at the moment um so obviously they'll they'll be after a title charge and that that game will be um yeah, you know, equally as difficult, if not more difficult than it would have been a few weeks ago. So, um, yeah, realistically, I think I think you're looking if we can hold on to that fourth place, regroup in the summer, see what Marta wants to do with the squad, and go from there. For me, title top two is, you know, is an is an unrealistic ambition. Now, obviously, you want to win every game, but you're asking a lot of other teams to drop a lot of points.
0: As we enter yet another international break, we've got a quick roundup of who's off where from Birmingham City. Ellen White and Lucy Staniforth are heading to the States to play in the She Believes Cup for England. The Lionesses played Brazil last night at 9pm uh, on the time of recording. We haven't quite got to that time yet. And it will be shown live on BBC4. Well, it did on, on BBC4. England also faced the United States of America on Saturday. This will be shown on BBC2 at 9.30pm UK time and their final game will be shown on BBC 4 at quarter past ten on Tuesday evening. Scotland are also in action as Chloe Arthur and the rest of Shelley Kerr's squad are set to do battle with Canada and Iceland in the Algarve Cup. That all kicks off on Wednesday but Scotland will not play until the Friday at 1.15pm UK time with their second game taking place on Monday. The Scottish games will be available on the BBC Sport website. Meanwhile, Welsh international Hayley Ladd and Irish international Harriet Scott could be up against one another this week as the two nations play in back-to-back friendlies. Wales take on the Republic of Ireland on Thursday and Tuesday and will be live on the FAW Facebook page. Elsewhere, Hannah Hampton is also off with England's under-19s to face the likes of Spain, China and Switzerland at the annual Landmanga tournament. Also in the news this week... Is the appointment of our new strength and conditioning coach, Holly Pickett. She is previously head of sports science at Oxford United's Academy. She will replace Carl Green, who is leaving to work with Mark Skinner in Orlando. That's not all, though. As Kaz discovered on the Birmingham City website, the general manager position at the club is now being advertised, which means Heather Cohen looks to be heading for the exit. It must be stressed we do not know the reason for her departure and might not even know the real reasons down the line from now. But I'm sure we can all agree we wish Heather the best of luck for the future. She's been at the club in two separate spells as general manager and really keeps things going behind the scenes. A word for Heather, you guys? Heather's
2: did a fantastic job. I uh, I emailed Heather yesterday, uh, so she's going to be at the Arsenal game still, so... Kept the club going, as everybody knows, and it's going to be a huge loss. I thought it was going to be it was a huge loss when we lost Kirsty Hullen to Brighton, but I think this is going to be a bigger loss because obviously we know that Heather does; she's the gel to the team. So we'll we'll see.
1: It's concerning, um, you know, that that we we don't get told this. Obviously, the the general manager position is has become available um, and it's only through having a look on the website that that we find this out um, but yeah to echo Kazi's thoughts um you know Heather's been such a big part of Blues Women um you know a, a real connection between the fans and the players and the team um and you know I agreed with her she'll be, she'll be she be sorely missed um you know and and I'm sure I among many other Blues Women fans would like to thank her for for the tireless work that she's put in over over the two spells that she's had here like you say
0: absolutely she's done a great job and she's always been professional and helped me with anything I needed to do this podcast and anything to do with the club that's helped to further the reach of the fans for Birmingham City Moving on to further issues off the field now then, and there's been a really big talking point that's come out in the last few days, and that's the issue of this year's Player Awards. It was announced on Monday that Birmingham City will celebrate the achievements of both the men's side and the women's side on the same stage for the first time in the club's history later this year. The event takes place at the International Convention Centre on Monday the 6th of May, On the face of it, it looks like a step forward equal respect for both the male and female players. But you dig a little deeper and see why this is an issue, especially for fans of the women's team. Last year, the fans of the women's team paid just £35 to attend the end of a season awards at St Andrews. This year, if you're a fan of just the women's team, which I know a fair few are, myself included, then this now will set you back a whopping £150. That's an increase of over 400% on last year. That surely can't be right on any level, Chris.
1: Yeah, it, and it's actually 180 because it's 150 plus VAT. So, yeah, it's, and I, I see what you're saying on the face of it. It's a very marketable approach to take where you could where you turn around and say we're celebrating, you know, both teams in one event. So it's a, it's a more equal standing as such. But it's a cost-cutting exercise. It's a money-making exercise. Um, they don't have to put anything on at St Andrew's on that day um, that we'd normally have the women's awards. Um, you know, I'm, I'm sure there will be hardly any difference to the men's awards, which is usually at the ICC anyway. Um, they'll just have a couple of awards for the women's side. And unless you are flush with money, you won't get to... You know, us fans, the the regular fans of, of the women's side. Obviously, I'm a fan of the the men's side as well, but I wouldn't have gone anyway to the men's at 180 pound a pop. So it's it's a, like I said, it, it feels like a cost cutting exercise. I don't blame Blues Women. You know, I'm sure this is this is something that's come from the men's side, um, and they get to they just get to hold one event. Um and charge people a lot of money because they know that people will pay it because it's the Blues Men's Awards and, and people will want to go to that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And for fans that go up and down the country supporting this team, filling their tanks with petrol, buying train tickets, booking hotel rooms for the club to come out and expect them to pay another hundred and fifty pounds or hundred and eighty pounds, as you say, to celebrate their team is appalling in my opinion. What about you, Kaz?
2: God, oh, don't get me started, mate. Uh for someone who suffers with depression and anxiety, the women's games brought me, it's where I let off, let off everything. Like people who know me, I've got one of the biggest smiles going. But I don't support the men. I support Middlesbrough, which I think everybody kind of gathered from the last podcast. And I don't even go to their award season. You know what I mean? And I, I'm not going to lie. Close to, what, 400 pound for me and my other half to go to the player awards, it's absolutely diabolical, we travel up and down the country, I think we've missed three games this season I think in the last three years I've missed five games altogether and it's not just the prices of the player awards they've put up like we we used to sponsor players but they've doubled that so we can't afford to do that it's, it's just become an Political and all about money now, and I think it's going to drive a lot of a lot of fans who follow the women. How is there an incentive there for them to get a crowd going at uh, Damson Park if they're just going to keep increasing things on pitch? Yeah, it's it's yeah
1: frustrating. Um, you know, because I, I'm pretty sure you know, Kaz'll, yes. Kaz'll tell me. Um, if I'm wrong, but I think if you used to sponsor a player, you used to get an uh, invitation to the awards. Anyways, is, is that right, Cas? Uh,
2: yes. Yeah, so up until two years ago, the sponsorship was two hundred and forty pound plus VAT. You got a signed shirt of the frame shirt of the, the player you sponsored, and also you got invited to the player awards. Now it's five hundred and some pound, including VAT. And you don't even get included to the player awards. That's you, extra.
1: There's no way they're going to let sponsors go to the ICC events for free as part no. of their women's sponsorship now. No, no. Definitely not.
2: No, and it's it's just frustrating because we us fans who do travel, we put a lot of money into the club. We go to home games. We go away games. We we like to have at the end of the season. That's our social event. Yeah. We get a mix with the players. And I know because it's people would say, "Well, if you were the men, you wouldn't be able to do this. Socialise with the men." I get that, but in my eyes, it's their way to say thank you for us fans travelling up and down the country. And it's just like a kick in the teeth now, where it's actually putting me off going to the games anymore.
0: Yeah, it's 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 not a great situation to be in. And I've taken a look at the costs of the men awards last season. As you say, Chris, it took place at the same venue, the ICC. And would you have it the same price as it was last season is how much it is this year. So in effect, by adding the women's team to the same billing, they are valuing the women's team as an added extra rather than value added. They're not, there's no more added price on top of it because the women's team is going to be there. So it, it doesn't feel fair, really. And we can understand for all the players, the staff and everyone who works tirelessly at Birmingham City women, they deserve this sorts of moments. No doubt about it in my mind, but the parent club are souring relations with the fans by doing this. You've kind of elaborated on this, Kaz, but does a thing like this change the way you feel about the club when you see things happening like this?
2: My honest opinion, mate. yeah. It just seems like they're in, no disrespect to the club, but it just seems like they're in it for the money that, now they're not bothered about with fans.
1: What I would say, um, you know, obviously I don't know the ins and outs, I don't know who has made the decision. I would say it's... it's you know, it reeks of um, the the men's owners. It does seem like they're the ones who have made this decision rather than the the women's side having any say in it whatsoever. Um, I could be wrong, but that's, that's the way it seems to me. And you, you mentioned about it, Craig, a minute ago. I'm, I'm sure it'd be brilliant for the women's side, for the, for the players to be able to go up on. I'm sure at some stage they'll be up on stage alongside the men's team you know, and getting recognition that they that they they have earned this season so far. But actually, I I look back at last year's player awards at St Andrews, and a lot of those players, if you ask them which one they'd rather have, would they be would they rather have a a smaller event with the proper fans of Blues Women or a bigger event alongside the men's team with people who probably don't care or know even who they are, you know. I reckon more than half of them. I know where which one they'd prefer to do, but like I say, it's it's a shame, and it's you know once again, over the last few weeks or so, it's another decision that's been made not in the interest of the supporters.
0: I've seen in the last few days um, employees of Birmingham City come out and defend the decision over the last uh, about the money costs and stuff and how. It's all about this one club ethos and I understand them coming out and defending it because it's their livelihoods at stake and they need to back their, the company they work for. But as fans, we can't accept it while the club preached this one club ethos or, or they, or they like, I still don't believe the women's team are getting treated the same. Take a few examples here last season. They stopped updating the dedicated Birmingham city women's website and moved all their content over to the official Birmingham city site you think that's going to be a good move. But again, you compare the content that comes out for the two teams and there's an obvious disparity between the two. Simple things like the men's team get weekly match galleries from the games. The women's team don't get that. I know there are photographers there at the games, so why not share them with the fans? If you go to the fixtures and results, fans can select which competition they want to look for for the men's. They divided between the League Cup, the FA Cup, the League Games, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. But if you try to do that for the women's team, you get the women's Super League and then a category that's classed as other. And you think maybe they've combined all the cups into the other section. Sadly not. The last non-league game they've got a report for is the league game against Reading from last season in the other section. So that's ridiculous in itself. Then even in match reports themselves, you get much less information. The men's team have a stats section, a lineup section, a live blog and a news section for every game. When you look at a typical women's game report, you get the news section, but you don't get no stats. You don't get the lineup and no live blog. And then they expect us to take this one club thing seriously. And if they don't take it seriously themselves, why should we?
1: You're spot on. Um, You know, you can't argue with, with what you're saying. And it's a brilliant philosophy to have. It's, you know, Bright, Brighton have the one Twitter account I think which is which is for both sides and you know Man City do do some good things on their Twitter on their social media accounts with you know integrating the two sides together but it's it's a brilliant philosophy to have this, this one t- one club ethos that you know all all sides um within within blues you know are, are equal and, and we'll treat them together which is why they're all going to the same end of season events but it is. It's it's a fallacy at the end of the day, um, you yeah, know. And and the supporters know that. That's the thing, you know. That they can, they can claim it all they want. But the 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 supporters know where we stand. We they know that we we know we're being fobbed off uh, without a player's end of season awards event. But like I say, it's, I think it's a decision made by the owners of the men's club. Um, it's a cost-cutting exercise. They don't have to put anything on at St Andrews. You know, I, I don't know the the figures per se, but you know, it'd be interesting to see whether they they made a profit or a loss based on the the players' event at the St Andrews last season. But they don't have to worry about that now. It it all goes into one event. Um, and I feel like I said I feel for the supporters, cas myself you Laurie Sean everybody um you know who who regularly attends the players awards um and now won't this season because of the cost but I also feel for the players a little bit because like I said earlier I I, I genuinely don't think this is what some of them wanted either
0: I mean you're going to have some a lot of people at those awards who won't have a clue who some of these players are and it's not their fault because they might not follow the team but uh, they're, they're just gonna. They're, they're not gonna know how much how dedicated some players are if they give a, like a lifetime achievement award to someone. They won't know, and it it just it's just a shame. Uh, Kaz, any final thoughts before we go?
2: If anybody follows Chris on uh, Twitter, get in contact with him because we're doing it our own uh, end of season party. So if anybody wants to come, just let Chris know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I was supposed to be on the hush. No, no, yeah. Um, it'd be nice. It'd be nice to have. To have a the you know a group of supporters who can get together um, you know somewhere at the end of season, and if a couple of the players want to want to come along and you know ch- join us in in the celebration of the season, then then that would be amazing as well. But hopefully, it's something we can get, it's something we can arrange, it's something we can sort out um, towards the end of the season, and you know ha- have our moment so it's not completely
0: taken away from us absolutely the unofficial keeping right on party by hosted by Chris Pew. keep an eye (laughs) on his twitter account for that at awcaib yeah that's the one you can also follow kaz at team underscore Schroeder, and you can follow me at craig hadley that's all for this week thank you for listening we appreciate everyone who listens to our show and continue to support birmingham city women thanks for listening and remember to keep right on and that was the great since 68 podcast to listen to future shows or listen back to our previous ones, go to iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or any other podcast platform you may use. And search for in 68 and subscribe today. Thanks for listening, and remember, keep right on!